Blog Talk Radio. from Octopus Thrower, but if he talks too much, uh, our whim crew is going to brain him. So, uh, hi, Peter, but shut up. Hi. This is the last thing you'll hear from me, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you doing, Graham? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm ready for hockey. Hey. Oh, yeah, me too. Kyle, Michelle? I'm, like, so... I'm great, um... You know, I took like a week off of work to to come up to the lovely Traverse City and watch hockey and you know just hang out. So uh, life is good for now. But yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm definitely ready. I was there was like a couple of weeks ago. There was a few weeks ago where I was just like, you know, I don't know if I'm ready. And now over the past few days, it's like, fuck, I need this. So I'm ready. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. Michelle, what do you think? You're right. I'm I'm fantastic. I just had five days uh, getting to hang out and watch Prospects, and now I get to hang out with Kyle and go watch Prospects and Red Wings. What could be better? Mm. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. You've got a good life. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, rainbows and unicorn parts. Stop laughing. I was I was being serious. All right. So, uh, yeah. what's the the biggest news. Let's go with the DeKaiser contract first, because that's uh, yeah, yeah. that's happy news. Also, it's it's the very top of our of our outline. Yep, that I wrote. I didn't write it with a crayon, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, do you have uh, thoughts and opinions about that, Kyle? Um, I think you know. Obviously, it's great. You know, we we all love DeKaiser. I don't know anybody who doesn't love the guy and doesn't want him on the team. So, I feel like the deal is is great. It's a, you know, it's your basic bridge deal to get him, you know, he'll be, he'll still be an RFA at the end of it. So he'll, uh, at that point they'll figure out, well, are we going to life this guy? Are we going to make him a lifelong Red Wing, which I imagine that is the motive. Um, and you know, at that point, I who knows where the NHL is at in two years and where he, he has developed, what he's developed into. So maybe he'll be getting a 10, a one an eighty million dollar contract. I don't know. Um, all I know is that I want him to be on the team for until he's um, forty two years old and um, just he has no legs. Because <laughs> Dan Cleary took them. Yeah, I don't know. What about you guys? Are you guys are are you are you satisfied? Yeah, I think it's a it's a good deal. I, you know, Holland. For 
much as we rip him for the unrestricted free agents. He seems to understand restricted free agency and has it. He does it well. You know, he gets the guys out of their entry-level contracts. He gets them into these two-year bridge deals for a relatively cheap amount. He had to pay DeKaiser a little bit more because he's a defenseman. They just make more the nature of the yeah. NHL. But it's still a it's still a cap-friendly hit. And uh, and and he'll retain RFA rights to DeKaiser when the contract's over. So then you can he can get a you know the three year or four year special depending on what he turns into. But you know their number four defenseman is going to make a shade over two million dollars, and he's still got tremendous upside. So it's a it's a it's a smart contract. Yeah, I can't I believe anybody being uh, unhappy with that deal and having a. Uh, a sane idea of what defensemen should make. Cause I, th- I think there are people that just think that, you know, no matter what, everybody's overpaid. Um, DeKaiser did right. struggle at times in the, in the top four role. Um, but he's going to play there this year. If he doesn't, like if, if he gets like shut down, like to the, the third pair, then even as a third pairing defenseman, $2.1 million is not an overpayment for that. Uh, so I think it's a, it's an outright steal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw. Uh, I don't. I don't remember who it was, but I did see somebody say something about DeKaiser was awful and brought up the you know his advanced stats and you know, and I thought I ended up looking at them and and they're not they're not pretty to look at. But then I think he's one of those classic cases of the stats versus the watch the game kind of kind of guys. Because if you watch him, he's I, I don't have any issues with him being on the ice. I don't feel like he's a liability out there really ever. And yet his stats would if you if you didn't watch him, you'd go, oh, he's he's awful you know, if if that's how you value players. So I, I I'm interested to see if he will maybe kind of add a little bit of an offensive side to his game just where he's so instead of just kind of being the steady stay-at-home guy, if he's starting to kind of drive possession a little bit more this year and see if that will be reflected in his numbers. That's one of the reasons I'd like to see him paired with Erickson on the second pairing is because Erickson's a really good stay-at-home steady guy. If you pair uh, DeKaiser with him, hopefully he'd be able to uh, band his offense a little bit and, and not have to always worry about being the defensive guy on the pairing. Plus, that frees us up to leave Smith on the top on the top pair, and I love that idea. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I think the Kaiser has that he can be that offensive defensive style player, which is what I want him to be. It's like what I want every defenseman to be, because I think being just a I don't know a defenseman that is basically just an anchor in your own zone. I don't know. I feel like it's just becoming more and more obsolete every year. Um, not saying that it's bad, but um, anyways, um, it's a good deal for the team. And it's uh, obviously I, 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 his, his, his advanced statistics, yeah, they weren't pretty, but his, he was, he was greatly overmatched at times and he was, not getting easy minutes by any by, by any means. I mean, he was averaging over 21 minutes a game. So, you know, that's uh, for a rookie. That's that's a lot to 
fight off and shoot. And there were no – I don't think there were any rookie defensemen who had the minutes like he did and actually did fare well as far as possession went and, like, advanced statistics. I think it was all kind of like the other other players who, who were up there, like uh, I think Truba or whoever it was, um, you know, he still got kind of murdered as far as possession goes. So, um, you know, whatever. Well, I think that's Kaiser what's heartening. It's that uh, yeah, nobody's going to say DeKaiser wasn't in over his head at times, but how in over his head he was compared to uh, how much he he honestly could have been, uh, compared to how much yeah. you would have figured Kindle or Lashoff or, or somebody lower on the depth chart would have been, how awful mm-hmm. they would have been in that spot. Um, that's uh, super heartening yeah. considering – that Danny DeKaiser hasn't played yet a full 82 games in the NHL. So uh, I think that's why the eyeball test versus the, the fancy stats don't necessarily have to, to argue. Because, yeah, I mean, there were times where he he absolutely sucked some nights. But uh, right. <laughs> it could have been worse, and it, it honestly could have been. And there were lots of nights where where he was rock solid. It's you know it's yeah, the same thing sure. that we always said with, with Smith is – you know, let's wait till he plays a full season before we truly judge him. Especially considering he's a defenseman, which is, you know, I mean, it's basically everybody knows that it's it's harder to play defense in the NHL as a young player than it is forward. And he was an, he was an undrafted player out of college, so he he didn't play junior, he didn't play in the AHL. He jumped right from college right into the into an NHL spot. So. The learning curve for him is is a lot different than what you would expect from a guy like Brendan Smith, who played college and then played in Grand Rapids for a few years and kind of had some some development time where he could he could learn a little bit of a faster game. So, you know, once he plays, I think by the end of of next year or this this coming year, we should probably know more about what the Wings have, uh, provided he stays healthy, because he's had a little bit of injury issues already over the yeah. year and a bit. He's been in Detroit. And yeah. if he's bad, we've and always got Aaron yeah. Roman camp. So, yeah. that, you know, I'm so excited. <laughs> speaking he's, of camp, perfect. Speaking of camp, and not of Aaron Roman anymore. Um, let's uh, let's go to the prospects tournament. Hey, shut up. Let's go on to the yeah. uh, the prospects tournament, uh, which Michelle was was covering for us. Michelle, give us your your overall thoughts of of the way things went down. Um, they, they went down. That, <laughs> it was, uh, it was really... Riveting <laughs> journalism. God stuff damn like it. <laughs> it was a really, uh, intense tournament, not just for the Wings, but for all the teams. Um, but quite a few of our prospects played really, really well. Um, Martin Furk impressed the heck out of me. Um, you know, Jared Coral watching him go from his disastrous rookie season last year, he played phenomenal. Uh, watching the progress that Mantha made, um, watching FNC was great to watch every time he's on the ice. Um, it was the Wings iced a very rookie, very young team, and they had more free agent invites than anyone else. Um, and yet they did, they did really well. They ended up finishing third place in the tournament, but they only lost one game. Um, so it was it was a great learning environment for those guys. Very high pressure, high competition. 
um, they're going up against basically some of the best prospects that these other teams have. Um, so it's uh, aside from all all the the bumps and bruises and whatnot, it was it was really good. So there really weren't uh, too many surprises. I mean, Mantha was was the the hot prospect, and he he was you know probably from hearing your reports and from reading other places, he was probably essentially the the best guy there. Uh, Athanasiu was uh, flying all over the place. I guess Ferk was maybe a little bit of a surprise because a lot of people went down on him, and he had a, a horrible down year. And this is really going to be a make it or break it year. I was, I was happy to hear that he was always first one on, last one off, and, and working very hard. Um, what about some of the like the mid range prospects, like uh, Needhamwell or or Teverdon? What would they look like? Um, well, uh, Teverdon looked a lot better last year. He was coming off. Um, he had had that surgery to remove a rib and all the blood clot scare. And so last year he looked really rusty and sluggish and like he hadn't been able to play hockey or do a whole lot. Um, He started out in Toledo slash Grand Rapids last year and ended up getting sent back to juniors for his overage year. Um, Watching him in this tournament, he kind of started out slow, but he still looked better than I've seen him play before. Uh, And by the last couple games, um, I, he wasn't great, but he looked the best that I've seen him play, and he started to look a lot more comfortable. Um, so he, compared to where he was, um, I, I think he made decent progress. It wasn't anything that knocked my stock off, and sometimes when I watch him, I still I'm just not sure what to make of him. Um, he doesn't really have any one area that he really excel that that you would point at and say that is what makes him a player um so watching him you know over the over this coming season and and see what happens and see if i can really put sort of an identity to him uh Uh needle looks better than he did before uh his skating has improved he's uh a little bit smarter on the ice probably his biggest weakness is if somebody gets under his skin uh, he can be prone to taking stupid penalties. And he's he's a big guy, so it doesn't take a whole lot uh, for him to kind of take advantage of another player. There was, I think, the third game that the Wings played, um, he he got one of the forwards down behind the Wings net and, you know, kind of cross-checked him a couple times. And he can't do that shit because that came back to bite him in Toledo last year and started taking a lot of penalties, and that doesn't help him at all. Yeah, see, I I get the feeling with him, it's kind of like he's a he's a big, maybe a little slowish, just net front Neanderthal defenseman in a system that just doesn't kind of have room for those kind of guys. My uh, my thing about Ninoel is at development camp when I spoke with him, and this kind of turned me off on him because I was I was on the fence about him anyways. Like I was crazy about him. I don't. I just whatever. Um. When I asked him, what is it that you want to work on and you become become better at? And he, he replied with, I want to get, I want to hit harder. And that just isn't something I wanted to hear. <laughs> um, when we asked him about that at the tournament, what he talked about the most was uh, he wanted to be, he wants to be 
better on the PK and a guy that can be relied upon for that because he's very much a stay-at-home defenseman, although he did pinch a few times. There was a couple times he was, like, up in the offensive zone around the net, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Lord knows this team doesn't have enough PK people, players, so we definitely need more of that. Yeah, but I I don't know if he'll ever be an NHL defenseman. I mean, he's going to have a really uphill battle to try and, like, I don't think, I don't know if he'll even be able to carve out a spot uh, in Grand Rapids this year. Oh, wow. Okay. As far as, yeah, as far as. How about our new, our new, yeah. Joe, I think, like, Needhamwell has been surpassed by a camp invite. Well, yeah. By by Joe Hicketts. So, that's just me. But anyways, go ahead, JJ. What were you saying? Well, no, we, well, we'll talk about Hicketts, Hicketts, and then we'll go back to, to the other guy. Uh, this okay. kid is 18, okay. so he's got to sign um, before the WHL season starts, or he's yeah. got to go back into the draft. Is is that going to happen? Is he going to get an ELC? How many contracts are we sitting at right now? Does anybody know? Top of their head? I think it's 47, 48 now, I think. Yeah, I think so the Kaiser made up 48. Yeah. So we have a we have a couple of spots open, and then you got to leave that you got to leave one open for Alfred Senna because apparently he's just gonna right, whatever. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. But um, I think uh, I don't know. It's the same. It's the same thing with Brendan Clark or Blake Clark, it's just, it, the thing about Hicketts is he is Almquist size. Like, he's tiny, 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 tiny. But the thing is, is that he's 18 years old, and he's still a growing boy. So, um, there's still, there's a lot to be done. There's a lot, you know, that could be done there. And he's certainly been ripping it up, and I'm excited to watch him at training camp. You know, he's earned himself an invite, so... Um, that's a that's a good possibility that they that they sign him. Yeah, he's okay. only five eight hundred and eighty six pounds, but he plays bigger than that. Like one of the things with Almquist is well, one eighty six is meaty for five eight. Mhm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and he he actually uh, chose to lose a little bit of weight over the summer to improve. Like he's he's a really good skater, and he he's pretty quick. Um. I guess the way you would describe him, he's he's kind of has some dynamic offense, um, and yet he's still really reliable on defense. Um, We saw him scoring some goals in the prospects tournament, and he was definitely in the mix for our top three defensemen um, with with Bachman and Skoll. And so he moved the moved the puck well, obviously. How did he deal with being pumped around the puck? I mean, was can he hold his own? Could he at least I mean, obviously, he's always going to get Rafalski uh, comparisons if if he's going to continue to be five eight. Um, Rafalski could could take a hit right up until the end of his career. Is is that something that you see in Hicketts? Yeah, it is. Uh, he handled himself really well, and some of the defensemen at the tournament were really big. Um, he does a good job. One of the things with Almquist and and his size was he would let himself get in positions to be hit and hurt. And Hicketts is a lot smarter about it. He doesn't put himself in a position to be taken advantage of size-wise. But, he, I mean, he got hit a couple times. There's one time he got um, checked into the opposing team's bench, and he just kind of, like, faded and laughed it off. Um, 
So he he's small, but he's he's certainly not frail. Um, I would I've been really impressed with what I saw, and I would like the Wings uh, to offer him a contract. I mean, he's 18. He's gonna go back. He can go back and play um, in juniors. You know, give him a couple years and see what happens. Whatever. Yeah. But and I I, think, I'll correct myself real quick. He, uh, since he's got a, a professional tryout, he actually has until the, the beginning of the NHL season to sign that contract before he has to go back into the draft class. So, I mean, good luck to him if, if somebody signs him that happens to be the Wings. If somebody else signs him, then fuck that guy. <laughs> I'll yeah, say that about uh, it. I think Anthrax said it best. If a player is not going to sign with my favorite team, then he's a fucking asshole. So. Yeah, pretty well. So what about our uh, our new toy out of the, the Czech Extra League, uh, Thomas Noshek? How how did he look? He uh, he looked really good. I remember in development camp watching him. It was his first time coming over, and he looked really uncertain, kind of didn't know what was going on, needed uh, a lot of translation. He was... Um, even when the lines got juggled a little bit in the tournament, he was always paired with Martin Kirk. The two of them had played together before. They're both from uh, Czech Republic. They speak a language. And I think that helped him be more comfortable and kind of relax a little bit because he played very, very well. Uh, he was centering the top line with Kirk and Mantha for the first three, two games. Uh, and then he was centering the second line uh, with Burke and Campbell for the last two games. Uh, and it didn't matter which line he was on, he played very well. Um, watching him with the puck is, is kind of a treat. And he will shoot the puck. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to uh, to see. I mean, obviously he'll at least start on Grand Rapids. Uh, but I think he's going to be a player that uh, catches on quickly and advances quickly. So, Probably, you know, by this time next year, we very well may be talking about how all of the fans think that he deserves a spot on the Wings roster. I mean, I, I think he'll learn very quickly. Right on. Yeah, I mean, the only problem is with him being a center and the Red Wings having a ton of them. you got to have space for Glenn Denning. <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right, let's well, let's talk about bad news then. Since uh, I got to start on the right track there, how much does it suck that uh, Anthony Mantha is going to miss the next six to eight weeks with a broken leg? It certainly sucks a lot of uh, a a big old boatload of big dirty ass. Um, but I think, and I I'm trying to be optimistic here. The it couldn't have I guess it couldn't be a better situation for an injury like this because because of how, you know the technicalities of his of his age and a contract he can you know the Red Wings have that choice to to let the contract slide the next year um so I feel like yeah it sucks because he's going to miss a, a good chunk of time playing in the AHL um I think but it's not going to affect you know like his actual you know, contract itself. The only thing that I I say I, I, that I say that really concerns me is, I mean, we saw it a day ago. The uh, the, the beat writers, the diggers, were reporting that he was going to be suited up, ready to go. It was just a 
just a just a flesh wound, and he'll be playing. You know, he'll be at training camp, and then this morning rolls around, and oh yeah, the, the motherfucker broke his leg, and now he's out. So I'm just like, I'm preparing myself for three weeks from now, get, reading a tweet or a, a report that he's undergone surgery to get his fucking leg bolted back together, and uh, he's out indefinitely for however long it takes. So, you know, I don't want to think like that, but every part of me is just like, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's, there's such, there's so much room to fumble what is, what information has been given to us. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know what, if I fully buy into it, I mean, maybe he's, 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 he'll be better off and he can he can bounce back and come back in, in less than eight weeks. But, you know, obviously, anyways, that's neither here nor there. But it fucking sucks because, you know, obviously, not only was the team excited for him and the players and the fans, but it seemed like he was generating this buzz around the entire hockey community for, for you know, for the Red Wings and for, you know, just, you know, young players themselves. So, you know, that's, it's it's definitely a, a shot right in the face. Yeah, Graham, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because it seemed like Kyle mentioned that it's like it was one day. It's like oh, it's just a minor tweak, and oh, he's got a little bit of knee pain. Ah, oh, his leg is broken. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah. God, it's like oh, I guess we're picking up where we left off last year. Um, I don't know. You know, you read the reports about how he just he caught it in a rut and he just he didn't realize. I'm like, it's a broken leg. I mean, it's not like oh my, it's a knee sprain or, you know, some ligament damage. It's a your leg was broken. How did you not? How did you not feel that your leg was broken? I I don't understand. I've never broken a bone in my in my body. So maybe somebody who has can say, yeah, you, you know, it doesn't really feel that weird. You know, when one of your bones is not completely together, but. Um, I mean, it's just I didn't expect him to make the team. I, I you know, I, I kind of agreed with Kyle. If you if you have the opportunity, stash him in the AHL for a free year, and uh, you know, let him just let him tear that league up, and then bring him up next year as a 19 year old, or excuse me, a 21 year old, um, yeah. and uh, you know, after having played a year against older players and bigger players, but. Um, you know, it's not even <clears throat> to me. It's not even the 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 loss of him potentially making the team, or you know, the, losing him at the beginning of the year for Grand Rapids. It's the fact that he's going to miss training camp, and he could have played his very first. You know, he could have been involved in his very first training camp as a professional player. Um, you know, with the a little bit of the hype surrounding him about, you know, will he have a good camp or not have a good camp? Can he make the team? You know, all that. That's It's all gone. All of it's gone now because he's got to rehab the injury. There's absolutely no way he makes it on the Red Wings coming back from the injury because he, he's going to need time in Grand Rapids in order just to get up because now he's not going to even get um, any sort of practice time against NHL players. You know, so he there, there's no there's no – absolutely no um, option except to put him in Grand Rapids uh, after he comes back and he's ready to resume playing. And it's probably going to be pretty easy to just keep him there at that point um, unless mm-hmm. something drastically bad is happening to the Red Wings, uh, the, the big club. 
<laughs> then I don't see any reason why at that point you because you've you've had the decision of is he going to make the team is he not going to make the team that decision's been made for you he's not going to make the team because he's injured so you know the Red Wings rightfully will need to focus on who is in camp and who is healthy and who's you know going to make the team and they can't worry about Mantha but you know for for us as fans it's it's just it's one storyline that just got just got taken away from us and that, it was the one that I think most of us were looking forward to the most of can he actually t- you know take a spot from one of these veterans so it sucks yeah i was really looking forward to the end of camp arguments about whether or not he should stay with the team um guy scored 80 goals in preseason and it's like oh no the the yeah, but he hasn't scored it when that when it matters. But so that's not going to happen now. Um, man, the thing about the and I don't know if if Khan had this article already canned or if it's just like really good timing that today is the the day that uh, M Live Zansar Khan posts a, a new story about how the Red Wings have you know gone, undergone their their looks at what was what went wrong with the training last year, specifically about the soft tissue damage stuff. But the Mantha thing, it does factor into this. Obviously, you can't do anything about a broken leg. Um, you're not going to bitch right. about the rut, the rut in the ice. This isn't a a training thing about the fact that he broke his leg. But what was it? It was broken what four days ago? Uh, Did they know? Four days or five days ago? Monday. Monday. Okay. Earlier this week, did they know all this time, or and were they sitting on it until I don't know a good time to release that Anthony Mantha broke his leg, or did it take this? Did it take this long for them to figure that out? Because I I can understand if it's not that big of a fracture, um, then then maybe they don't catch on to that. But I don't know. I, I would guess it with with the prize pony in the stable, if he's got a little bit of knee pain, I want I want to know every goddamn thing that's going on on that guy's leg. And if there's a break in there, I want to know that freaking immediately. So <laughs> they're not getting off to a, a great start with the, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to do better with training. And I really like the way Ken Holland said in that article, we're going to be more proactive and we'll see what happens. Because if that's not some oxymoronic <laughs> double-speak GM bullshit, we're going to be more, pro- more proactive and see what happens. Thanks a lot, asshole. That doesn't mean anything. I did like I did like Babcock's answer, though, where he said, you know, we've gone over all this stuff. Are we overtraining them? Am I overworking them? Are they not taking care of themselves? I've got a lot of theories, but it's none of your goddamn business. And he didn't say that specifically, but everybody, we can all hear that coming out of Babcock's mouth. And I appreciate that, because he's right. It's not our goddamn business. But that's where I appreciate the interlay between between Ken Holland, who who double speaks to us, and Babcock, who just says, "Well, fuck you, I don't have to tell you that." Well, he's got one foot out the door. He right. can say what he wants now. <laughs> damn it, Graham! <laughs> Actually, there's a good question in the uh, in the chat of, um, do you see this uh, the Mantha the 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 no pressure situation for him possibly benefiting him in the long run? to get used to the professional game as opposed to struggling in camp or preseason. So basically, is the fact that he is not going to have to worry about attending camp and and the pressure of can he make the team as a 20-year-old long-term, is this, is this almost better for him? 
I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. I the way I look at it, uh, there's no way I can look at a leg injury where he's out for six to eight weeks and he's missing cru- his like you know a crucial, you know pivotal part in his, you know his pro career. Um, I just can't look at that as a, as a positive um, for him as a player. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess everybody's different, but. I feel like this was a big, this was definitely a big, like I said, it's a pivotal part in his career. It's his, you know, it's his first training camp as becoming a guaranteed pro. He's going into the AHL or the NHL. Um, all eyes were on him, basically. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I can't really look at it in a positive way, but that's just me being uh, a, uh, a simpy shit heel, I guess. I'm just, I don't know. No, I I think the experience and the opportunity for him to play with these guys to, you know, hang out with guys like Zetterberg and Bashuk, you know, in the dressing room, in the workout room, all of those things would benefit him a lot. And I think they would be much, you know, that benefit far outweighs worrying about less pressure because, I don't know, he he can handle the pressure. Yeah, I think the learning experience that he's missing out on by not being in a full camp is uh, is is more than the the, the no pressure situation concept. Because also, either way, he knows he's not going to make the team now, so that's a, a downer feeling. He, I mean, he's, he's got to be feeling upset about that, and knowing that he'll start the season in, in Grand Rapids anyway. Um, coming to camp, if he'd have had a, a bad camp or preseason, then he would be left with basically the exact same feeling disappointed that he's going to start the season in Grand Rapids. So I don't know necessarily that that taking any pressure off of him is, is good because that's going to be one of the big keys to him actually making the team and to him being ready is dealing with those high pressure situations and, and seeing how he comes out of that. So I would actually rather have him struggle in preseason and live with the fact that, Oh shit, this is how much better I have to be. Uh, than just, well, I got this this opportunity stolen from me by by this broken leg issue. Yeah, and in addition to, you know, just the, the training camp uh, experience, you know, we're talking about the preseason games that he would have played in too, which, you know, granted, the other NHL teams are not icing their eighth squad and going to be playing against a lot of other rookies and stuff, but it still is basically the closest thing to NHL hockey that he will have played in or he would have played in uh and that experience too i think would have been uh invaluable to him you know regardless of if he did well or he struggled or we watched him and went wow he really isn't ready for this or you know regardless of what the outcome would have been uh you know the experience and the learning would have been invaluable to him and he's not going to get any of that now he can sit on his couch and watch games yeah one thing that uh, that may benefit out of out of this whole situation is it does um it gives Thomas Yurko a, an opportunity that he may not have gotten or at least gives him a, a better shot. It may potentially give uh Temu Polkanen a shot at making the team out of camp, although I still think that might be an outside shot all things considered, yeah. especially a waiver exemption. Um right. But what do you see as as far as where we're standing on those those spots, especially at, at the right wing, where where Mantha was was perhaps going to play. 
I think uh, the obvious answer, the knee-jerk for me is, is it's like kind of all eyes are on Yurko now. Um, I mean, as you know, I think it's funny because, like, you know, Yurko, you know, if you take away Mantha, Yurko's the top guy, the top prospect that they have. Um, so it's kind of like it, he, you know, he, he played how many games in the NHL last season, you know, he, uh, he got, he got, he dipped his foot in. So what's funny is like Mantha, you know, came along and it was becoming, you know, starting to start his, his career as a pro. And it just seemed like everybody kind of took the focus off of Thomas Yurko. And, um, now it, now it seems like, you know, um, everything might go back on, you know, like all eyes on Yurko again or all eyes on someone else. I mean, there are a lot of good prospects who, I mean, okay, I don't want to say a lot because there are a a select number of prospects that they have that are very good and could probably make a could start in the NHL next, this season. Um, And I say probably, and I'm being very, you know, I'm, I'm not saying for sure, but, you know, probably like a player like uh, Timo Volkanen, if he was heavily sheltered, I feel like he could be a real dangerous player sitting in the slot. Um, a player, you know, like you, you don't really know for sure, but, um, you know, at the issue, he could maybe do it, um, but you don't know. Obviously, Yurko is, is the guy, and um, I think they need to – they really need to they need to ride that puppy off into the sunset because he's a great hockey player and um he's probably he probably was i you know he was probably going to get the job over i i feel over manta just like in the long run of the season um just because of the waiver exemption and the contract slide and everything like that um and now that you take Alfredson out of the the equation for now you know the next guy to go to is obviously Thomas Yurko. And, um, you know, that's, you know, that's that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I don't have any other player in my mind who I'd rather have go, you know, do I want Mitch Callahan to make the team over Thomas Yurko? Absolutely not. So I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's Yurko's time to, to, to show what he, what he's, what he's actually got and that he's ready for the, uh, you know, for the big stage. The thing that I don't like about the, you know, like what Kyle's saying with Mantha, obviously he can't play now. You know, that kind of almost defaults back to Yurko. Is I was of the mind before, I didn't think that Mantha was going to make the team. And without seeing him in training camp, I wasn't sure if he should or not. Not saying that he shouldn't, but I, I just didn't know. But if you're looking for the best player for the team right now, Yurko's a better NHL player right now than Anthony Manza would be. So it would be really hard for me. It's hard for me to look at it, you know, as Manta and Yurko competing for a roster spot because it, it shouldn't be that because Yurko deserves a roster spot. You know, if you're looking at you got one spot left, well, Manta could probably take a spot away from, I don't know, Dan Cleary. But I don't think it should be, I, I don't know, I don't see it as a Manta and Yurko competing for the same spot type of deal. You know, the shitty thing that, that I keep going back to in my head, uh, as far as the, the right wing position goes, 
is that Babcock has said that Helm is going to be uh, on the top the top line on Dotsuk's wing. Uh, I'm assuming that's going to be the right side and, and with Zetterberg on the left. Um, yep. Nyquist is going to be our second line right wing. You go down to the fourth line and you've got either Abdelkader or Miller can play over on the right. He, he generally plays on the left, but he can do that. Or, shit, you move Anderson or you bring up Callahan or potentially Dan Cleary, but that third line, <laughs> what sucks there is that it really does seem like it's going to come down to between Dan Cleary and Thomas Yurko, and I didn't think that, that was going to happen. Um, but I I full-out expect that to be a consideration uh, coming out of camp, is did Dan Cleary earn the third-line spot to send Thomas Yurko back to the minors? Because Yurko is not going to be our fourth-line winger. No. No, and he shouldn't be. I mean, ideally you have... You know, if, if you've got enough depth that you can have Tomas Yurko on your third line, you beef that third line up, and you, you know, don't don't necessarily have to play it as a as what most of us think of as kind of a lower third line. You want to play him heavier minutes. You can give him more responsibilities, and you can use that depth to beat the shit out of every other team. Unless someone gets traded. Ha ha. That could happen. The Wings do have three million in cap space right now. Yeah. Never know. Oh, they oh, could, there are a lot of players on the team that can be traded. They could take on a, uh, a Mike Green. Well, yeah, looking at, I mean, Yurko, it doesn't even matter how many games he plays in this year, he won't. This year, he'll he'll remain, he'll keep his waiver status this year. Um, yeah. Because he, looking at cap gigs, He's got to play 99 ga- more games to hit the games played portion of the exemption. It, his waiver exemption ends this year. So after this year, like next year won't matter, although he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. So he'll get the, uh, you know, the Nyquist two-year extension probably at the, you know, the 8 nine fifty or whatever, whatever they're going for. But um, they have the ability with Yurko this year to keep him down – all year, bring them up when they want. You know, they have that flexibility. They don't have to worry about, okay, well, if we bring Yurko up for, you know, 20 games after 21, he's, you know, he's no longer waiver exempt. We got to make a decision on him, like they had with Nyquist last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, with Yurko, I think because they have that flexibility, they're, they'll probably watch him, but I fully anticipate he's going to start the season in Grand Rapids. Yeah, and with Yurko, I don't feel like it's as 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 damaging with him. Like I think that he could totally spend the entire season in Grand Rapids and come up next season not at all bitter and also like way way better. Because I mean, looking at him in the the Calder Cup playoffs last season, he played like a man possessed. He played like an NHLer playing in the in the AHL. Um, but even then, I don't think that uh, that another season in Grand Rapids is, is going to hurt him or damage him, and I, I got I got to give him credit for for having that that level of patience. Uh, yeah, I mean he's not he's not the kind of guy that's going to, uh, you know, kind of do what Tatar did before and and spout off or publicly express displeasure with the team or, you know, try and pressure them in it, into anything. That's not the way he is. The thing about him in the AHL though is, you know, you're right. He was he looked like. It, he looks like an NHLer playing in the AHL, but I don't know. I mean, there's always things that he can improve upon and learn. 
but it's kind of to the point where he, I mean, he makes these AHL guys and AHL goalies just look silly and so easy. And so the way I see it is he's almost to the point where he's not going to learn a whole lot more in the AHL because he's not the, uh, you know, there's not enough, uh, I guess, competition level or pressure. He needs to be challenged more. And that's what he gets. That's what he'll get in the NHL is that challenge to continue growing. I don't know that. Like I, I feel that it's just going to be kind of stagnant, uh, somewhat in in the AHL to keep him there another year. I thought he looked fucking great with that suit last season. <laughs> so take it or leave it. That's yeah. That's not easy either. Anyways, um, so training camp. That starts tomorrow. That's kind of a big deal. Um, Michelle and I will be there in attendance. I will be doing the grunt work and hopefully getting uh, getting some face time with players and, and coaches that um, I have a chance to. Um, and I guess the, the biggest thing for me is what players in the organization desperately need to have a productive camp where they make a splash and and show not only the team, the coaches, and the organization as a whole, but, you know, the the fan base. Um, Hey, I'm ready to go. And the obvious one is Stephen White. Um, That dude is – I think there's more pressure on him than any of us really want to admit because that second-line center position – I mean, how long have we been trying to figure this out? It's like the Detroit Tigers are in a closing picture. It's like they need to figure it out, you know, and it's, it's it's hurting them in the long run. You know, thankfully last year you had a guy right like Riley Sheehan who just played like a bat out of hell. You know, he just he did a, a great job no matter where he was playing. Um, I just think Weiss needs to – Hopefully he's healthy and he's rehabbed and he's ready to go, and uh, he can he can jump in and make make a, an immediate impact. Um, not only on this, you know, as a as a player and on the ice, but you know, in the locker room and, and actually become a part of the team because you know we've got this guy for how many years? Four years or whatever. You know, we've more, yeah. To, yeah, he needs to be he needs to be a part of this team and. Only playing twenty some odd games is not a good way to do that. So I'm at the point with Weiss where I want him to have a good training camp, and like I'm I'm rooting for him because we're going to be stuck with him no matter what. Um, but honestly, I think the Red Wings are are at a place with centers, uh, especially with uh, Shan Helm, or even uh, uh, splitting up Datsuk and Zetterberg again, or making Johan Franzen do it again. Um, I don't give a shit if our fourth line center is getting paid four point nine million dollars, if that's what it takes. Uh, if Stephen Weiss doesn't make it, then uh, I'll just mail him my toenail clippings and and draw angry faces on them. But like I I understand I completely agree. I want him to solidify that because I want Datsuk and Zetterberg on the top line with whoever the fuck is going to play that right wing, and I want Franzen to have that. Uh, the Rockham Sockham Center, so that he can be as as soft as he wants. So yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. But if if Weiss doesn't cut it, then I think the Red Wings are going to be okay. 
And I, I'm at least glad that Babcock is, would be willing to say, fuck it, you're going to be our fourth-line center. Or move him, move him to Glendening. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I think that it would be better for him to come out and be a 40- to 50-point scoring second-line center like we've needed. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and have that, you know, that that antique that death. Because there's one thing that will never hurt you, and that's death. So... Um, yeah, I mean, outside of Weiss, uh, there's there's Cleary needs to have a good camp. Uh, Joachim yeah. Anderson needs Anything. to have a good camp because he's gonna he's fighting for his life and he's on the the losing yeah. end of basically every comparison. Uh, because Glenn Denning is is absolutely Babcock loves him. I feel that Babcock is probably gonna love Callahan more uh, because Callahan has that intensity that Anderson doesn't seem to have. And I don't I don't think Anderson is kind of a <laughs> is an unintense guy, but he, I don't know. You look at him and he, he just doesn't look like he has a lot going on upstairs. And <laughs> he, he lopes around the ice. Like he's not a good skater. And when you get to this point in your career, you don't really get to be a better skater. I mean, uh, you're yeah. improved on his skating a little bit, but that was, it was temporary. I don't know of any guys who go from bad skaters to good skaters. Um, so unless he, he does a lot to improve his positioning and just improves the way he comes across, the way he looks. Um, I, I don't think that he's going to have much of a shot at, at making the team. And honestly, I don't see anybody picking him up on waivers either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think another guy that needs to have a big, a big training camp is, and I know it's, it, you can only go so far with it, but, um, Jimmy, Jimmy's got, I mean, this is a big season for him. Um, this is probably the biggest season of his career. Um, cause if he comes out and he has another season like he did last year, um, I will officially turn in my Jimmy Howard, you know, fanboyism and just kind of reassess that whole, that whole spectrum of my hockey, you know, of my Red Wings love, um, just because, you know, I understand, you, you know, you have, players will regress, and that happens, but, um, you know, they need a good, they need a good starting goalie, because, you know, they, they have holes in that defensive core, yeah, because, you know, you've got Kyle Quincy for two more years, and you've got Jakob Kindle and Brian Lashoff, who were just apparently unmovable in any way. Um, so we just—I uh, think Jimmy needs to have a big season, and if he doesn't, then Peter Mrazek will have to be that guy to to move up and uh, you know do something. Hmm. That's just my professional opinion. Okay. I don't disagree with it. Um, I, camp for goaltenders to me is weird because it is. I, I don't know. I, I put I put a lot less stock in in how a goalie performs in in camp versus uh, versus skaters. But uh, I agree with you on the point that he yeah this is a big year for him. He's got to bounce back after last year. Um, I mean his track record would suggest that he will. Give, right. Give it that. Last year was, I think, the worst year statistically for him in his 
five or six years as a starter. So, uh, you know, you'd certainly expect him to bounce back. For me, it's it's Kindle because, um, I mean, the the Wings' off-season plans were extremely obvious about what they were going for in a right-handed shooting defenseman who could play the power play. Kindle's left-handed shooting, but he's supposed to play the power play, and I'm sure he knows that all the talk is of, you know, about – how he's not good enough. I mean, Lashoff is probably like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm getting paid, so you know, right. he was never he was never supposed to be uh, an, a regular NHL player, based on what his scouting report said. Uh, you know, prior to him joining, becoming up, but right. Kindle was he was a he was a first round draft pick. Um, he took a, a while to develop. Then in the playoffs, uh, not this past year, the year before. He he seemed to kind of it seemed to kind of click for him, and he was he was playing really well, and he was contributing offensively, and he wasn't too bad defensively. And then last year, just major regression. And you know now there's talk about you know are, are the kids these you know are the four kids I, I'm going to start calling them the four horsemen of the youth apocalypse because that's <laughs> they get lumped together all the time, but it's. Are one of these kids going to be able to push for a job? And and it's you know it's not like are they going to unseat Erickson or Smith or Dekide? No, it's are they going to be able to take a job from Kindle or Lashoff? And like Lashoff, that should be that's that's a kind of a redundant question. But can they Man, take a job from? Do it. <laughs> you you never know. I played a little job. bit of defense, so but you know the the big one is 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 Kindle because he's kind of tenuously hanging on to that number six spot. But if, if he has a bad camp and say a kid like Sproul or Marchenko or, you know, any one of them, if they come in and have a really, really strong camp, I mean, Kindle, uh, he was benched last year, the last game of the season, you know, it's the, it's the game where if you don't win, you you, your season is over and he's a healthy scratch for Xavier Lett. I mean, if that doesn't, if that's not an indication of where you stand, you know, in, ter- in terms of how the organization sees you, I, I don't know what is. So mm-hmm. um, I think the other five guys on defense, they're, they're set. So he's, he's going to have to have a really big camp and I think earn that number six spot or else, you know, maybe we see him uh, packaged up. Uh, or just healthy scratched until he just says, fuck it, trade me. I'd be okay with that, yeah. I don't think anybody fucking wants him, so maybe it's just worth it just to, maybe it's just worth it to say, all right, bud, well, you're going on waivers. Yeah, bury him, you know, bury him in the minors, you know, take the, uh, the cap hit that you're going to take for, for putting him in the minors, but just, you know, I mean, if, if it doesn't make your team, and they have the cap space to do that, so they can right. afford to to put him in the minors and take whatever. The, I don't remember what the cap hit is off the top of my head for. Uh, he, it'll be the max. They'd keep about one point five million on. Yeah, so they have the cap space where they can do that, and um, and if it makes the team better to have you know one of the young kids in, or if they somehow can swing a trade or. Um, you know, if somebody gets cut from another camp and they bring a guy like that, in, you know, somebody in, you know, you never know. So, like Rafael Diaz, right? No, yeah, <laughs> just another guy who just spurned the Red Wings. 
However, yeah. fuck it. I, I, you know, at the, when that happened, it was like, really, are we, are we really stressing out about, you know, tryouts now? I mean, the guy's a tryout. The guy's a free agent in the middle of September for a reason. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. If he if he was I mean seriously I I know Raphael Diaz people said yeah he'd probably be a good fit for Detroit but I mean again he's he he he's an un, he's an unrestricted free agent he's been available all summer and he's being offered not contracts tryouts so you know when he said he would pick Cal you know he decided to go to Calgary's camp instead of Detroit's people were like oh Detroit can't even get trusted yeah I'm not concerned about that at all I mean. It makes sense for him to go to Calgary. He's probably got a better shot of making that team than he does in Detroit. So, yeah, he's. I don't think he took it because he doesn't want to play in Detroit. He probably looked and thought, who's more likely to offer me an actual professional contract? Calgary. I'm amazed that he didn't go to Dallas because they only have five D-men on their roster. I'm waiting for the inevitable Yeah, The Boston-Dallas trade is going to happen. It's gonna oh, and yeah. like Boychuk's gonna Boychuk is gonna go or Seidenberg's gonna go and they're gonna go to Dallas because the, you know that's that's the new trade partnership. They're the new Chicago, Florida. So what you do oh, is you, you call up Jim Mill and you tell him, listen, we're sending you two defensemen free. All you gotta do is take them and pay them, and then you send them Lash off and Kindle. Two free defensemen. The problem is, is that Jim Nill is smart. <laughs> yeah, we'll send you two defensemen. We'll Jim pay half their salaries, but we will not tell you which ones they are and no Tacy's backsies. And Jim Nill is part of food draft those two. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you help draft Jacob Kendall. You have to take him from us. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do it. No, yeah, I, I do it. I. I do agree with Graham. I think that that's going to be – they're going to be Boston's safety valve. They're going to get Boychuk and give back, I don't know, somebody stupid. It should be Patrick Eves. They're going to trade Patrick Eves for Johnny Boychuk. <laughs> I hope so. Actually, no, I don't want Patrick Eves in Boston. No, I don't either. No way. No, it's really, really easy to like Patrick Eves, but if he goes to Boston, fuck him. No, never. Well, here's another question from the chat. If you had to pick one Grand Rapids regular outside of Yurko to make the team out of camp, who would it be? A regular, so not a new Flash guy? Flash <laughs> uh... <laughs> Um... That's a good comes in is I, I have no idea where Marchenko sets right now. I know he's been I saw him in the background of an Erickson interview that he had been skating at the show. I have no idea if his ankles his heels, if he's able to actually play. If he were 
hundred percent. You know, if he were playing like he was in Grand Rapids when he got injured, he would probably be my top pick to make the team. I mean, it would be easy for the Wings. You put Lash off on waivers, send him to Grand Rapids. Kendall can be the odd man out. We can keep the press box for him. Uh, Marchenko was good. He's he's kind of a safe bet, which is something I think the Wings would do. Uh, and he's a righty. So, you know, that's what they want, the right-handed shot. But if if Marchenko's not ready to go, they I could see them going with maybe Roulette. I mean, you know, like JJ said, when they uh, benched Kendall in the the final game of the playoffs last year, it was Roulette that got the call up. Um, he again, you know, Spool is going to be the better defenseman. He's got a lot more upside, but he's a much bigger risk. He's kind of like Smith 2.0, and I just don't. I have a really hard time believing that the Wings would take that risk. They like to go with the safe bet, uh, you know, the guy that's going to be sound, defensively responsible, not fuck up a lot, and not cause big waves. I'll take the risk. Fuck it. High risk, whatever, who cares. Rule is that kind of defenseman that I want, so... Yeah, because, oh, I, I mean, my concept yeah. about Smith 2.0 is that I think that Smith 1.0... Uh, was hurt by his time in by his long, lengthy time in Grand Rapids, and I think that they would be making a mistake with Sproul to uh, repeat that. Yep. Yeah, and there there could be, you know, a lot to that. But if we're looking at what I think the Wings would actually do, not what oh, I yeah. think they I mean, should I, do, you know, I agree. They're going to be more conservative with that, and they will probably go with a safer Woulette, uh, or if Marchenko can can skate well enough, uh, it'll be him. Um, or possibly even Matty Backman above both of them, but like uh, like you had mentioned about his prospects turning, he wasn't exactly strong there. Um, on the forward side, I think the the most likely to to sneak in out of camp, other than Yurko, uh, is Mitch Callahan, just because of the waiver status. Um, and yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to me because I'm not enamored with Callahan at all. I, I I think he's a I think he's a good kid. He tries hard. He he scored a lot at the AHL level. I just don't see a, a unique NHL talent or toolbox on him that that makes it worth it. I mean, yeah, I think guys like him are a dime a dozen, really. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually wondered if uh, – I, I feel the same way about Ferraro. If, uh, you know – he might have an, an outside outside chance, but he might. I mean, I think the only. I, I he, honestly, he, I think he's a fourth. He's a fourth liner, you know, a, a third or fourth line player. So. You know, for, but that's the kind of guy that you actually don't mind because you know that, that's the kind of spot you don't mind giving to a young kid. Um, you know, right. that fourth line center, fourth line winger, whatever. Uh, you know, he's going to be cheap. He's gonna he's gonna try hard because he's you know every night is a uh, he's playing for his job, and uh, yeah. you know maybe he can give you ten eleven twelve minutes of some uh, of some decent energy kind of spell the top guys, maybe kill a couple penalties. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Ferraro getting a, a shot, but uh, I would be, think. Uh, I don't think he'll make it out of the gate, obviously, but a player that I think that. Babcock would love and would probably end up getting wanting to get called up 
is that that newly acquired Colin Campbell kid out of Lake Superior State. He seems like that Babcock type of player to me, mm-hmm. that power forward type, meat and potato style. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he got if he got a look at some point this season. I mean, if he can score yeah, goals, be nice. But... What? Said so I mean, if he can score goals, that would be nice. But oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, he can score. Some... He didn't. He never really impressed me in Grand Rapids. Like he was just kind of there. He was, you know, like a third line winger. It was like. Bleh. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was in this game. But he actually had a really, really good tournament, too, so he may be uh, uh, turning some heads uh, as far as that goes. So the Wings could be could be looking to, to give him a look. So I feel bad for not I liking him more, but he's got an asshole name. So that's... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, I guess the, the next thing is it's pretty quick, and we I think we all had the same... The same opinion on this is uh, Danny Alfredson. Um, so he's not going to be at training camp, obviously. He's out officially. Um, uh, nobody knows what the fuck is going on because no good, no concrete information is really getting, being released. So he, it's kind of like, a, you know, obviously the, um, you know, at this point, obviously you just kind of, as me as a fan, yeah, no thanks. Don't want, don't want to deal with it. I, so long, and thanks for the fish. It, he, he's not in camp. He's not a member of the Red Wings. You know, at this point, I, I don't really want to see the Red Wings take up another roster spot for a guy who's not even healthy enough to go to camp. Because if right. he's not healthy enough after an entire off season of not playing and just working out. What's going to happen in the middle of December when he just literally, you know, turns into dust? So, exactly. I, and I have to say, I get a little tired of seeing the he was the Red Wings' leading scorer last year because that was like the words by default need to be added every time somebody mentions that because the only reason that he was the leading scorer last year is because everybody else was hurt. So yeah. I just that the idea that well they need to bring him back because he led the team in scoring last year, like the there it's not even an asterisk. There just needs to be a giant like horn that sounds when you make that statement to warn you that what you're saying is is there's so much context missing from that statement. Yeah. No, for sure. I don't know. I, I agree with that. I'm looking into my crystal ball, and what I see uh, coming up next spring is Ken Holland saying uh, Daniel Alfredson is our trade is our deadline acquisition because he's going to sign uh, with us in January, and it's going to be a it's going to be a magical run. Yeah, it's a, it's he's going to get like a weird contract that's not going to like cost anything against the cap because it's only half the season. And he's going to instantly step onto the top six and and make an impact, and I'm totally okay with that plan uh, because I think that's yeah, that's, a, that's, that's one of those okay goofy kind of half cheating kind of things that's that's not really cheating that I think is makes the difference between a, an okay team and a much better team. If you can add Daniel Alfredson midseason, then then do that. Yeah, that oh, I'd be okay with because by that point. There'd be no question that he would be healthy enough to to play a half season. 
I mean, if he's not, if he's, you know, doing the, oh, I can't even practice in December, it's like, hey, great, Daniel, your career's over now. So just stop trying. Go write a book about how terrible Ottawa's coaches are. <laughs> um, but for like for training camp right now, if he's if he's not healthy, no, stay away from him. Do not touch him with a ten foot pole. Just let him rehab. See where he's at as the season progresses. You always have the opportunity to sign. It's not like they're competing with anybody for for his services. I mean, he said it's Detroit or nothing. So, you know, just. I, I don't know. I just I I don't see it, and I I'll be honest. I don't see it as a huge loss, at least at the start of the year, if he's not in the lineup. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, if you could bring him in in January and he was healthy, that'd be great because it'd be just in time for everybody else to be getting hurt and dropping like flies, and then you'd have at least one healthy guy on the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that plan. We'll roll with it. I'll like Kenny now tomorrow. <laughs> Um, there was uh, there were a few questions in our our post today, but I wanted to specifically touch on on this one because it was it's an interesting concept. Uh, Holmstrom ninety six asked, uh, "Whose jersey should I buy this season?" Uh, serious question. He he needs a new one. And it's um, it's honest because I've already ordered mine. I said that when Tatar signs, I'm going to buy one of his jerseys. I have not yet done that yet, but uh, that's that's absolutely my next my next jersey. So uh, I, I am my yeah, I'm torn between a Tatar and a Nyquist. I have already or- special ordered my Riley Sheehan T-shirt Red Wing sweater. Nice. I did it. I did. I did the thing. Oh, I want. I want a Yurko jersey so bad. It's, yeah, so wait, risky. Yeah. it's risky. It's so risky getting a player a player's jersey who is on an ELP. You just get get gotta be careful. I don't care. I would wear it forever and always. Anyway. Yeah, maybe the Canucks will let you trade in for a Yurko jersey with their team on it when it gets traded. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that. Yurko will always be my, my Red Wings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, should, man. I was I was looking through uh, Red Wings pictures today looking for a, a very, very, you know, Red Wings picture. And I kept getting drawn to pictures of Nyquist and Tatar celebrating goals and less drawn to Datsuk and Zetterberg skating around together. And obviously that's because last year Datsuk and Zetterberg didn't skate together often enough. Um, But honestly, yeah, I mean, it's definitely time to go all in on those two players specifically as far as getting excited and go ahead and buy their, their merchandise. And then if they leave, then... But uh, Tatar is, is locked up long enough now that, that I think that's a, a great purchase. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah, and he's signed for three years, so, you know. That's the other thing, too, is depending on wh- what their status is, you have to kind of play that by year, too. So, you know, I, I probably won't get a Dan Cleary jersey this year just because I don't think he's going to no, stick around. Yeah. Wait until his four-year contract next year. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I sure don't know when I'll – when I'll ever see you, but well, if I'm in Detroit that, and if I see you in a Dan Clary number 17 jersey, I will buy you a beer. Or a Glenn Denning. <laughs> no, I'm not buying well, a Glenn I, Denning beer. I, I will buy a beer for anybody <laughs> okay. who's, who I see in a Glenn Denning jersey. 
because, you know, it's one thing to like. I like the guy. Um, I mean, I don't care if he's on the team, whatever. He doesn't, you know, it's not a big deal. But to to go out and buy the jersey and, like, put the name and the number on it and everything, boy, that's a, that's a commitment level I just don't think I have. So... That's kind of how long was it before people on mass owned uh, Maltby jerseys? Because that was always like a very cool jersey to have, because it meant that you like really knew what you were talking about and, and you really knew the wings and you know he was a heart and soul kind of guy. How long would it I be would, before like a Glendening jersey would be cool? Uh, the first cup run where he does something. <laughs> so never, okay. <laughs> yeah, never. That's, yeah. <laughs> Because that's when everybody noticed Malpe is after the 97 run when the grind line took off. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's when he really got his, when he got noticed more. So. And if if nothing else, just get a Drew Miller jersey. You can't fail with that. Get a Franzen jersey. Sign for 100 more years. You know he'll be around, so. (laughs) For sure. Are you gonna Are you gonna uh, advise on who he should draft first on the fantasy hockey team? Um, Taro Sujimoto from the Tokyo Katanas. Ryan Malone. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know anything about fantasy hockey. So pick somebody who scores a lot and puts up a lot of penalty minutes. Is that right? Sure. Uh, yeah. Or or a good goalie, I think, is your, what you're supposed to do. I think draft, my draft understanding of and drink bleach because fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Draft who you like. That's what I would do. Draft everybody who yeah. is hated by the Red Wings, and then spend all year in our game threads just rooting for those people because your fantasy team needs the points, but you really want the Red Wings to win. That sounds like a good plan. That sounds like a good way to get banned. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it, too. Yes. So, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, that pretty much wraps up everything I have on my outline. Uh, unless you have anything else you want to you wanna add in or throw in, I don't know. Uh, we got 15 more minutes. You want to talk about how whiny uh, Tamu Solani is? Oh. No, because I'm really tired of fucking talking about that guy. So <laughs> let's talk about Josh Harding and how fucking stupid the Minnesota Wild is. <laughs> that was pretty great, yeah. If uh, if you haven't heard the news, Josh Harding uh, got into an argument with a teammate and out of frustration kicked a wall and <laughs> broke his foot. So he's going to be out <laughs> until his, his broken foot heels. Uh, as a result, the Wild have filed paperwork to suspend Josh Harding because they don't feel like they have to pay the guy's contract because he broke his foot doing something fucking stupid. Um, the, so that's, the that's where they Krupp, sit. Yeah, the Yui Croup rule. Yeah. So, technically, so, but technically, he could appeal for this because it is technically a hockey-related injury. Are, are we... Are we all thinking that this is some sort of like Craig Janney, Brendan Shanahan, somebody stepping out with a wife kind of situation? 
I don't know. That was my first I haven't thought. really speculated that far into it because, A, fuck the wild, and, B, I just don't give a shit about Josh Harding. So, he's played, like, 20 games in the past three years. That's wrong, by the way. That is not correct by any way. Whatever. I feel bad for Josh Hardy because he's gotten a lot of bad luck. But, yeah, honestly, I'm on the wild side as far as suspending him for being dumb. Yeah, I mean, you know, kudos to him for coming back from MS and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, you kick a wall and you break your foot. That's I don't give a shit what disease you have. That's just That's just stupid. So you deserve to be suspended. I agree. Well, good. Consensus. Woohoo. All right, we've solved that issue. What's the next one? Um, <laughs> does Oh, okay. I got an idea. Um I saw somebody post about it. I think it was Thomas Duran and he asked a question. What team, using whatever logic you want to use, is most likely to be the front runner for Connor McDavid? Uh, obviously, the Sabres—they're still—they're still built my like logic that. logic is, yeah, the Sabres are still built to be god fucking tear awful, and so is Edmonton. Um, but I honestly think. Vancouver might just be one of the worst teams this season. I don't know. Maybe not, but I just think that going from Corey Snyder and Roberto Luongo to Ryan Miller and whatever Turd Turd Butt's name is, I just think ah. Yeah, that might not. Their defense is bad. I just think they might be. They might be there, but them in Winnipeg. So, well, the the, the problem with Vancouver, they play it up. They played a murderous. Like the, that division is is awful for them to be in because you have L. A. Anaheim, San Jose. So there's your three top spots there. Um, yeah. You know. I mean, the rest of the division isn't great, but when you you have those three teams that are going to be that good, well, San Jose maybe is. I think they're going to take the step back because of all the off season crap. Although it's funny for all the off season talk around them, their team is pretty much the exact same. Um, and you know, certainly, well, we'll make fun of them in the playoffs, but as a regular season team, they're they're still very good. Um, Absolutely. So. I don't know. I think they'll be better than they – I think having – honestly, I think having Kessler gone is going to help them because it's one less thing for them to worry about. And if Miller does bounce back and is what he has been throughout his career, they shouldn't drop off that much in terms of goaltending. But if he is what he was in St. Louis, they are in deep shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at their cap geek page, and this roster is just a pile of shit. Yeah, you've got the yeah, Sedins who are, you know, they're on the downswing, um, and you know, like yeah. that—that's it. That's all they have now. This defense is donkey vomit. Edler, like, Bieksa, Hamhuis, Sabisa, Tanev, Yannick Weber, Ryan Stanton, Wolf. Yeah, 
It's it, they're, they're actually the, the they're they're a cautionary tale because I mean if you think about it, you know they had a, a a pair of superstars that they tried to build around, and they they came so close to winning that to winning a cup, and then it just all fell apart. And so if you look at Detroit, like that's that Vancouver is what they could have been had they not played their cards right with some of the players that they brought in and. Um, you know, like it seems like they're going to have something good with Nyquist and Tatar for a long time. It could have been, you know, you, like if if it should just shows you if the young guys that you bring in don't turn out to be good, and you miss on some of the veterans that you bring in, you can go downhill in a in a very short amount of time. Yeah, and they also completely screwed the pooch with uh, how they handled Schneider and Luongo, like. They, they they could not have blown that situation anymore. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorites. All right, I got nothing. You guys talk. <laughs> uh, we got a question in the comments. Uh, why did Anthrax Jones get blocked by Hulk Hogan? Any uh, any guesses? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> He's not a real American. I don't even think. I don't even think. Uh, I don't even think Anthrax knows. No, he knows. He was, he was talking uh, about. Hogan it. might not even know. My uh, guess is he which, might have said something like, and said like the F word, and they have, he probably has like a social media manager person, and they probably just content filtered it. Yeah, it's not Jones like to say the F word. <laughs> uh, which uh, how to hate the Atlantic. Should go up tomorrow. <laughs> Boston. Or are you saving that one for last? I don't know if I want to save that one for last. I've got Boston, Montreal, and Toronto left. Do uh, hey, do Montreal, Toronto then? Uh, do Montreal, Boston, and Toronto. Hey. All right, I can do that. Those are three fan bases that are. Very pretty easily easy. trollable. They are pretty. Those are three fan bases that are very easy to hate. Oh, man, and Toronto's Lord, gotten man. so much more trollable since they got hope. Now that they've I got know. like the the nerds in in well, they're not in charge yet, but they're going to be in charge soon enough. And like things are actually starting to look to turn around, but it's still a bad team. I mean, a lot of their fans still understand that that's not a good team yet, but they're really going to get hopeful in the next couple of years, and so. Uh, once you have hope, then you can be hurt, and that's that's what's, that's coming with Toronto fans. Is they're going to get real hurt, and it's going to be fun. Oh, that's the best. That's such the best. <laughs> Crushed expectations. So, not not to change the subject, but for pulling a little more time, um, I was looking over the uh, training camp teams for tomorrow, and. Uh, Peter so kindly pointed out the the defense pairings. You basically got uh, your two. Uh, so on one team you've got Erickson and Cronwall, and then you know some other guys, and then you've got Smith and Quincy together on another team, and gotcha. some other guys. <laughs> and uh, then you've got DeKaiser, Kendall, Lashoff, and you know some other guys on the other one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So apparently Ken Holland has not gotten my memos and my fast has not gotten my memos. So may have to get a little forceful tomorrow. 
I don't know. Yeah, seriously, go ask Babcock. Like, why do you insist on having Smith and Quincy in the same room together, let alone in the same pairing? Um, do you hate everybody? Do you hate your fans? Do you hate winning hockey games? They are bad together, and everybody knows it. Do you want Brendan Smith to fail? Are you? Do you just hate us all? I don't know. I mean, I can send him a copy of uh, my Wowie article uh, again. Maybe he didn't read it the first few times. You know. It's possible that he might have missed that that article from us. Right. You know, it's completely plausible. He may have been a little bit busy, but you know, this this time, this has to be his focus. What we need to do is we need to get like we need to Manchurian candidate up uh, Chuck Plinus to get him to ask those questions so that they'll actually get answered. Like just just hypnotize him and like as soon as he hears snapping of his finger, he asks like hard questions. (laughs) No, everybody would immediately know something was up if we got any of those guys to actually ask tough questions that were worth asking. The cover would not last. Yeah, it was worth a try. God damn it. (laughs) Whatever. Well put. Thank you. On that note, I think we should uh, we should just start on the the closing thoughts. We've got about four minutes left. Uh, Kyle, you're going to be the long winded one. Give us closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. All right. Oh shit. Um. <laughs> like a haiku. Oh, um. All right. Off to a good start here. Okay, so I think uh, I'm really excited for hockey season. And um, I think everybody else is too. I think even though we had a um, fiery, rotten dog shit off season again for like the fifth year in a row, um, I think the team is going to do all right this season. I think that every part of me wants to say that the whole injury thing like that happened last season hopefully not going to be nearly as bad and I think we'll have uh we'll have players like Tatar, Nyquist and Sheehan for the whole season and um that's going to help them from the get go um so I think uh that's my expectation is that this team will you know they will you know they will easily pull off I want to say I feel like 45 wins would be uh, is going to be a you know a lock. Um, I want them. To, I want to see them get get over 50. All right, Michelle, what uh, what do you got? Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, this summer has been, aside from awful and terrible, it's um the most frustrated and angry and livid and pissed off I've ever been at the Red Wings organization. I mean, just to the point of I want to tirade and do very violent, bad things out of sheer frustration. Um, That being said, I mean, sometimes it's hard not to let that kind of color uh, my feelings going into the season, but this, this is my Red Wings team. This is the team that I love. These are players that I love, and I'm so 
happy that hockey season is almost here. Like it feels like forever since I've watched the Red Wings play in eternity. I'm I'm just I'm thankful to be able to watch them even just practice and skate and make funny faces at each other tomorrow. I don't care what they do. <laughs> All right, Graham. <laughs> um, I'm just looking forward to watching hockey again. That's it. I you just want to watch the Blackhawks. I tell you, after well, I'm not, yeah, Jesus. Um, the front page of the trip uh, of the Chicago Tribune today was them putting the logo on the ice. So I guess I officially live in hockey town. <laughs> the Blackhawks. Uh, that's not mine though. Um, but no, after the summer with all the that garbage going back and forth, and who won that? It's like you know what? I'm just I, I'm just really excited to see hockey again. Just see the games and and just kind of lose myself in it. It's been it's been too long. So I absolutely agree. Uh, hockey is going to be an escape for me this year. It's not going to be a. Uh, I'm not going to trudge th- trudge through a season. I'm going to find ways to entertain myself. Um, and it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to have fun watching the Red Wings. I, I guarantee it. And slap my hand for it. Uh, I'm like 30% certain, um, maybe maybe even 35, that Holland is going to make a trade before the season starts, and it's going to be a big one. And I'm just going to drop it on that bombshell. Good night. Bye. <laughs>